Oh, it's a bright that's game. so cool. And then another guy yeah. who ordered a mask. I've seen that. Yeah. So yeah, cool. Absolutely. Thanks for the support, guys. Should definitely get a mask. I definitely need some masks. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's a good idea. I can wear them to work, and then people will be like, "What's that?" And I can tell them. Well, Do you want any business cards? What business cards? Yeah, I stickers, don't know. Man. We like, need stickers. Yeah, stickers. 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 I bought, some stickers. I bought some stickers. I bought some stickers. Good, oh, because yeah. then people could be like, "Oh, what's your podcast?" And I'm like, "Oh, Deke Snipe Sally." And then an hour later, like, "What they say her name? Like, what she say that was?" Because that's the way I would be. I'd never remember that. We got to get the bumper stickers that says, "I'm listening to DC Podcast." <laughs> 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 well, guys, oh, God. if you're wondering what the hell we're talking about, uh, <laughs> we got some lots of cool stuff happening at Deke Snipe Sally. So uh, before we break into what's coming up this episode we do have uh, a new merch line we just rolled out the lovely carly right now yeah. so we're like oh here. wrong way yeah. this way yeah. we're uh we're rolling out some new merch but i mean they're really nice little bottles they're aluminum and yeah. you have a lid uh, like a lid that you can put on it and then you can hook it onto your backpack or whatever i hit my mic again awesome. i know i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna i'm gonna keep a tally this episode i'll let you guys know at the end how many times she hits her mic because it's uh yeah, you pop up nice. a number every time you do it two yeah. three four five do it. <laughs> that's a good idea i'm sorry yeah um <laughs> uh, no but uh we got a merch line and uh, like i said there's some cool stuff coming out of that merch line our logo seems to be a bit popular among uh, among you young mm -hmm. kids so that's cool uh we're not making much money off it but it's getting it out there and that's cool so thanks for the support i have some cool hats yeah, yeah, well, they're not on the website, but uh, also bigger news, even way bigger news. Uh, all you can hope when you do something like this and put it in the world is that people see it and they like it. Mm -hmm. uh, and the greatest compliment that you can be paid as a content creator is when someone sees your product and they say, you know what, I'd be willing to put my money behind that. Uh, which is what we're proud to announce today. We've got a sponsor which has come on board, a fantastic sponsor at that. Uh, we're really proud to announce that uh, PHG Sports out of Ontario has decided to sponsor our podcast. Uh, if you're not familiar Pond with Pond Hockey Guys, isn't exactly. it? Is that what it stands for? Stands Sorry, for. I didn't know if you were going to explain no, that. No, 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 that's, yeah. and that's fair. Uh, but uh, phgsports.com. Uh, We'll run their website across the bottom here. We'll get some more cool uh, cool graphics and video and good stuff for those guys uh, to, to display for you guys. But basically, they're a sports memorabilia company out of, uh, out of uh, Ontario. Uh, mm -hmm. Their slogan is, the pros sign with us. So if you're looking for, uh, for high-end uh, high merch. Uh, sign memorabilia. Pierre, yeah, that's your yeah. place to go. They've had George St. Pierre. They've had Mike Tyson, yeah. Hulk Hogan. They've had John Beliveau. Our own William Nylander signed with him. Uh, Mario Lemieux, uh, Tony and Romo. He's, he's hey. the guy who gets to be set up at Costco, right? Yep, same company, yeah, Costco Roadshow. So if you guys ever see, uh, you know, signed jerseys for sale at Costco, wondering if they're legit, they are. And it's these guys who are doing them. Yeah, 100%. PhD. So if you're looking for guarantee, don't buy on eBay, guys. Uh, you'll get burned. Way too expensive. I've been into the memorabilia thing for a long time. That's how I met the guys at PhD. And uh, if you want to put your money uh, where you know uh, where you know you're not going to get burned, uh, talk to the pros, and yep. SPHG Sports out of Ontario. So again, thanks so much for coming on board. We love you guys. Uh, again, more more info coming on the PHG sponsorship uh, throughout each and every podcast. So make sure you check out their website, guys. And like we always say, support the people who support you. So if you like our podcast, make sure to pop on their website. I guarantee you'll find something you love. 
I have I can't I can't visit the website too much because it costs me. He's got cut know. off. Oh, oh, the wife is rotted. She's poisoned. I bet. The wife is poisoned. Anyway, Not even uh, look. big shout out to Todd. We're going to get Todd on for an episode. He's the owner of PHG, and we'll talk sports, we'll talk signings, and we'll talk hockey because he is a Leafs fan as well. Yeah. So, uh, moving on, we got to talk about tonight's episode. We've got Ooh. a great guest. So excited. Yeah, it's going to be a good one. Yep. Uh, one of uh, one of my favorite uh, all-time personalities in hockey is Mr. Don Cherry, like the rest of you guys, I'm sure, yeah? Yep. I mean... Oh yeah, Don, I, mean, Don I never knew hockey without him. No, my entire life. That was that was our upbringing. I mean, Don Cherry yes. was as much of, of hockey as hockey was hockey. So, right. um, Don Cherry is not our guest tonight. <laughs> Too bad. Sorry. But, but <laughs> the next best thing. Next best thing. Uh, and no, it's not Ron. Nope, it's not Ron. Our <laughs> guest tonight is Mr. Tim Cherry. Uh, is Don's Don's son and. Uh, Don it's and Tim, of course, song. father and son, been attached at the hip since t- since Tim came along, and uh, they scout together. Uh, they hang out and watch games together. Um, this guy has been on together over thirty all, years. Yeah, I've I've always wanted to chat with Tim, and uh, we've got that opportunity tonight. So, we've got some great stuff coming. We're going to hit uh, hit uh, Tim up on uh, stories about uh, his his work in production uh, through the screenwriting and the production of movies about his dad. Uh, his time working on Rock'em Sock'em, all that content you guys watched in the 80s, Tim mm-hmm. was behind a lot of it. Uh, we also want to talk to Tim about the issues around his dad. Uh, the firing from from uh, from Rogers was uh, something I think none of us will Tough. forget, and everyone yep. everyone has their own opinion on it, but uh, I want to get Tim's opinion on it, and we're going yep, to talk to Tim too. about that. So, uh, guys, strap in. It's going to be a good one. Welcome to episode 14 of the Deke Snipes LA Podcast. Titter-tatter. Let's get at her. If you're watching on YouTube, uh, you know the three are three the three hosts by now. You got myself, Ryan <laughs> Gates, uh, Kylie Murren, she's the young lady down in the corner, and Chad Newman. Uh, we're joined today by a special guest, uh, someone who I've been looking forward to chatting with for for quite some time, actually. Uh, he's a, an, a, an accomplished uh, producer, uh, thirty over thirty two years now. That's my math, anyway. Uh, different varying productions he did some work with the ctv with the olympics uh he was a screenwriter and producer for uh for the, the uh, cbc miniseries um the uh don cherry story which is keep your head up kid and the wrath of grapes yeah. um also uh podcast producer for uh the uh, grapevine the don cherry podcast so yeah. uh we're pleased awesome. to welcome uh, mr tim cherry welcome to the well, show thank well, thanks everybody for having me. Looking forward. Yeah, the Rock'em Sock'ems were a big hit in our house every Same. Christmas morning. Yeah. Mine too. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. I did that for 30 years. I'm Crazy. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. figured too, like I, I was doing the math and I was like, man, you know what? The Cherry family owes me a podcast appearance. I've pumped <laughs> a lot of money into two things. Rock'em Sock'em and Don Cherry's Restaurant Bar and Grill. Same. Yep. Same. So, yeah. So no, we're uh, we're pleased to have you, Tim. Uh, we're going to kind of break it up, I guess, into I don't know, two or three segments, uh, so to, to keep uh, keep everybody on track more than anything. Because let me tell you, the, the, the two the two Yahoos here that I got with me, 
whew, <laughs> off in left field quick. So my only job here is to, is to rein those two, uh, those two clowns in. Yeah. Well, it keeps but, Ron from talking, so. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's like uh, doing the podcast with dad. It's like herding cats, right? Because he just starts down one road and then it goes down another and then it goes down another and another. That's so. me. That's me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, oft, I often joke that uh, that Kylie is our is our Don Jerry. She's she's just she's just out there and saying her thing and yeah, doing her piece. Ready to go off. And yeah. we love it. Um, yeah. But no, let's let's get let's get the show started with uh, with a little bit of your your upbringing. Obviously, uh, if you guys haven't figured it out yet, uh, Tim is the son of a uh, longtime, well, former uh, former coach, player, and then coach, and longtime uh, media personality, Don Cherry. So uh, I want to talk to you, Tim, about uh, about your your upbringing. I mean, you were mm. you were a young kid when your dad was still coaching, correct? Yeah, um, I guess. Uh... My dad and I'll go way back. My dad and my mom met in Hershey, Pennsylvania, when my dad was playing for the Hershey Bears in the American Hockey League. And um, when I eventually came into the picture, dad was playing for the Rochester Americans. And um, I'm trying to think, he, he I think he played um, until the early 70s. So I would have been probably about five or six. And then he retired. And um, long story short, uh, he retired. He was a construction worker. Uh, we lived in Rochester, New York. We had kind of settled down there. And that was the longest uh, mom and dad and my sister had ever stayed in one place. Uh, like, I think my mom and dad had moved 52 times during his career. Mm. And, wow. um, so this was, we were there for about 11 years. And wow. uh, dad uh, was a construction worker and then he got laid off and he made a comeback and then Half a season later, he became a coach, and then uh, he became permanent coach, and then two years later, he was in Boston. So wow. that was kind of my my our uh, my my young years growing up with dad playing. So I don't remember dad playing too much, but I do remember him coaching in Rochester, and of course the Boston years. So yeah. how, old, how old were you when he was in Boston? R- roughly, I don't. Know. Uh, I would have been. Uh, 10 years old when we yeah. moved to Boston. Wow. That's, we that, moved to um, a place time. called Saugus. Yeah. And, and uh, yeah. we were we were actually the first two years we rented a place. So we rented a very, very small house. And, and you know, dad was making the most money he had ever made. But he was probably, I think his first year in Boston, he was making around $40,000. So, you know, it wasn't like the money they were making, coaches make now. So right. we, rented, um, we rented a really small place in Saugus, which is... About, four, about a half hour outside of Boston. And then dad signed his, um, his three-year contract with Boston. And then we moved to a nicer place uh, up north. So um, so, we, and I, so I was there for five years. And then when I was, we were 16, uh, 15 or 16, I, we went to Colorado uh, when dad left Boston. And, mm-hmm. uh, and I stayed, my mom and I stayed in Colorado for three years, even though dad only lasted a year in, in Denver. Um, I stayed there and finished out my high school. Right. Okay. okay. Nice for you to have a bit of a, a bit of a, a ground or a home base for a little while, especially in those impressionable yeah. years, I guess. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Absolutely. So at what point did you make your, uh, your move to Canada? Um, in 82 when, uh, dad was probably, so he would have been in his second year doing working with CBC. Um, and I finished my high school, I'd finished my high school in, in Denver and, uh, we moved up to, um, actually stayed in Wolf Island off of Kingston for the summer and then mom and dad bought a place in um, Mississauga and um, so that so I moved up and then uh, I would have been 18 years old when that when that happened. 
Okay. So I'm curious, what what comes along with being Don Cherry's kid? Like, I mean, like that's yeah. got to be. That's... <laughs> I'm itching to know this too. <laughs> I yeah. gotta know. Um, well, I want to know. know it... I want to know just first before you get into, I guess, when he was Don Cherry, but before that, when he was just a coach of the Boston Bruins, how how cool was that as a ten year old having your father a coach of an NHL team? Oh, yeah. it was yeah, it was great. I mean, um, going down to the Boston Gardens, I went down a lot of times on the weekends, went to practice, and there was um, dad wasn't dad wasn't much older than some of the players, so. There were kids mm-hmm. my age on the team, like uh, Jerry Cheevers had two boys and they were, uh, Craig Cheevers was my age, Scott Cashman, Wayne Cashman's son was my age. Um, so we would go down together and we would skate before and after practice. And it was a lot of fun. And, you know, it was funny. I look back and I, I said, I wish I brought a little brownie camera. You know, one of those little cameras that you mm-hmm. can take because yeah. I look at all the shots uh, and all the players and all the fun we had and, you know, nowadays you have your phone and you you take all that yeah. stuff right. and, and yeah. you document it. Um, but back now it's just kind of memories, right? And um, yeah. so it was a, it was a lot of fun. It's um, um, it's very nerve wracking um, watching the game watching the games. Um, you know, it, it's not um, when you go into a losing streak, like it's a family crisis, right? Like it's oh, not goodness. like if you're a fan, it's oh, well, you know, someone's, you know, the, the Bruins are losing and then you go to work and you don't worry about it. But in right. our household, it was, you know, it was a it was a, a, a crisis because, you know, coaches are hired to be fired and, and yep. you're, there's a very, very easy metric with coaches. You show one and loss record um, and stuff like that. So yeah. it was it was good. You know, it was easy to make friends once people knew who I was. And um, I bet. Yeah. So it was, uh, it was, uh, it was, it was a lot of fun. I had a, you know, I look back in those days with Boston and in Colorado with uh, a lot of fun memories. And it's a big fan base too. Boston yeah. is pretty passionate. Yes. It's not yeah. like coaching the Coyotes or the Panthers. No. Yeah. Yeah. He's right now. Right? Yeah. Well, I think yeah. the one thing that was good too, is that um, comparing like today from back then is that um you you kind of lived in a little bit of a bubble because I, I was I was friends with my friends and they were more my friends than they were like fans of Don Cherry so they were my right. and um and uh, but nowadays and and so you kind of lived in that little it was a smaller world that you lived in now yeah. and I would would think it would be hard to be the son of a of an NHL coach or player and you go on the internet and, you know, looking at yeah. Twitter or, or Facebook or stuff like that. So yeah. I think it would be, I think it would be harder for, uh, you know, somebody growing up today, whose dad's a coach or a, or a, or a player. Oh, definitely. Because, oh, for sure. You know, I always... stay, off the, stay off the internet and you, know, oh, goodness. you hear a lot of negative stuff. Yeah. Oh, I, 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 go ahead, Kylie. Sorry. I was just going to say, even just the players alone, yeah, right? right? And their family. Out. Yeah. And their family and friends and loved ones, they see it. And if they're not reading it themselves, because I know a lot of them say they stay off it. Um, but, you know, they're they're get, they're hearing it, yeah. whether, you know, oops, my bad. But uh, yeah, so constant scrutiny all the time. And it's, you know, it's yeah. an ugly way to be. And yeah. a lot of it, a lot of the times it becomes personal and there's no need of that when it's at the end of the day, it's a sport. Yeah. And that's it. But that's it. Now, Ryan, I interrupted you, so you can go ahead and ask your question. <laughs> no, no, you asked my question. That was that, oh, that was. Did I? I'm oh, sorry. I'm sorry. We're on the same wavelength here tonight, and I, I like that. <laughs> normally you're out 
the field. <laughs> no, but and, and it's, that's the that's the thing with uh, with social media, and I'm sure you guys get the same thing now in your podcasting days. Is that, I mean, you got to have a really thick skin. I mean, luckily that's not an issue for Don Cherry. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, for us newbies to podcasting, our podcast has been going surprisingly. I shouldn't say surprisingly well. We put a lot of work into it. Right. Yeah. Uh, but it's going it's going really well. We're getting a lot of listeners and a lot of positive feedback, and we're very early on. But we're not immune to uh, the guys who are sitting in their basement with the keyboard and just going off because they had a bad day at work. Yeah. So uh, being able to tune that stuff out, I think, is 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 key um, with anybody who's willing to put themselves out there in front of the yeah. Yeah. In front of the yeah. public, right? Just yeah. keep your eye on where you want to go with it. Just keep your eye on the goal and just. Yeah. Just try, oh, yeah, try not, try not to let it affect you as hard as that is, I guess. Yeah. But. Yeah. It is what it is. I think, well, I mean, that's unless you guys had something else about Tim's upbringing. I mean, uh, I uh, yeah, I got really. one. yeah, go for it. Hello, um, I'm 1982. You moved to Kingston. Did you stay there then? Is that like the uh, where you called home for a long time after? Uh, no, we just we were just again, we, we had a cottage in Wolf Island, so we stayed there till probably the fall. And, um, uh, and dad, mom and dad went and bought a place up in Mississauga, um, just outside Toronto. And then we moved up there. So, but dad, dad, dad's originally from Kingston. So we were there quite a bit. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, his mom was still alive at the time, my grandmother. So we went there and and visited her quite a bit. And, 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 uh, so we were in Kingston an awful lot. It was just kind of sad. My dad sold that cottage about a buddy, about a year ago. Um, and she was getting a little bit too much of a, a little bit too much of a drive for him to go down. I mean, the 401 is a pretty bad drive now. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty so, crazy. um, um, but, uh, no, we moved to, we moved to Mississauga. So I've been in, this is my, and, and I live in Mississauga now. So I've been here for, since 19, 1982. And, um, okay. yeah. And a lot of people ask me what kind of father was my dad. My dad was really a good dad. You know, he was um he always you know kind of we had a relationship different back then you know that he was my dad and 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 he was always very um even my sister and i he he was always very um supportive in things we did and even if we he knew what we were doing was not the right thing you know was not the greatest he would tell us but he would support us and uh Mm -hmm. and you know he when we did something wrong or bad he was like on coach's corner he didn't hold back but um, (laughs) but he was always him and my mom were were great were the best parents uh you know they actually asked for better a better mom and dad yeah i I can't imagine coming home to father's corner with your report card you know what i mean like Well, yeah. Dad, dad, dad didn't. Dad didn't graduate high school, so he couldn't say too much to me. Right? Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, that was good though. That, that's good though. You score remember score that. one for Tim, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. That's too funny. Yeah. Well, one one aspect uh, again of of your again, it's hard not to make the podcast a lot about your dad because I mean your dad is is such an iconic right. Canadian. But I really yeah. want to talk to you about your scouting days, Tim. I mean, it's uh, it's something. Scouting is always something which I find fascinating. Yeah. I really do. Too, yeah. What separates the good from the bad, and how how scouts are able to pick out the the the, the, the true meat of it, you know? Yeah. Um, I'm just curious. Well, first of all, uh, I read I can't remember where, but I read that you guys used to go out yourself and and your father used to go out with three nights a week, minor yeah. midget. That- yeah. Before uh, haven't gone out. This is the first time I haven't been out because uh, you know it's yeah. all been shut down in Ontario yeah. for about 17 years. Um, wow. And, um, 
I would go out um, probably two or three nights a week um, uh, on the low end. And then if there's tournaments and stuff, like you'd be, you know, away for the whole weekend, like Christmas time, like right after Christmas, Boxing Day, all the tournaments. Mm -hmm. start, yeah, that's right. And, you, yeah. and, you, and uh, we would go and um, I really enjoyed it, you know, and I, I do enjoy it. I, I, I like going out with dad. I think he, he really enjoys it, seeing the young players. And, um, you know, it's kind of a, I learned a lot about dad, what to look for. Um, you know, it's the scouting has kind of changed over the years and, it, mm -hmm. you know, every year you're, um, you know, you're just kind of learning something new and, and looking at a kid that's maybe making the NHL that, or signing a pro contract that you didn't think was, you know, had that possibility when he was 15 and saying, okay, what did I miss or how did he improve and stuff like that? So it's, yeah. um, it's really a lot of fun. And it, it's fun to see a guy like Mitch Marner, who was, he was, when he was 15, he was really small. Like he was, yeah. they're small guys. And then they're really, he was Patrick Kane small. And um, <laughs> I can remember him scoring a goal. And it's funny how there's certain things I remember. And this, so he was 15. I don't know how old he is now. So it's a while ago. Of him, too, maybe. Yeah. yeah so, so him scoring, the tying goal that he he was playing for the Don Mills Flyers, he needed to get the tying, they, they needed to win. It was tied, and he scored the winning goal with about a minute to go to put them into the playoffs. Oh, no, and, no. And you look and you go, man, he's got a lot of skill, but he's awful small. And, you, you know, you kind of debated whether that would translate into the National Hockey League. And now what is he tied third for scoring in the NHL? Yeah, yeah. absolute magician special. out there. Yeah. yeah, and so, but a lot of the things – you see now I look and I say, yeah, you could see that back then. Like he, he never puts himself in a position where he's going to get hit. No. He always knows he's always in a position where the puck's going to be. And, um, um, you know, so there's a lot, like it, it just elevated to another level. Yeah. Um, yeah. and, uh, but it's fun to see, you know, we watched Connor McDavid when he was 13 and, oh, wow. um, I remember leaving and um, he was 13 playing his 15 year olds and dad and I were, <laughs> watching the game and he the Mar he played for the Toronto Marlies and they won three two. We got two goals and assist. And <laughs> we're walking out and I go, boy, that that kid's really good. Dad goes, yeah, what was his name? Mick something. I said, McConnell or whatever. <laughs> there's no yeah. way your dad got the name right anyway. I feel like that's a dad thing because my dad would be the exact same way. It is, yeah. <laughs> Mick, Mick something, Mick. Yeah. <laughs> Mick Lovin. Screw yeah. it right off. <laughs> yeah. is, was there ever, do you recall a time, I'm sure this has to have happened with the amount of hockey you and your dad have watched with these minor players. Was there ever a time when your your, your old man says, oh, that's the kid there, that's the guy, I like that guy, and, you're, and you, you were kind of scratching your head being like, why? Like, what is it about that guy? Yeah, dad really has a sixth sense about not only players, but what's going on in a game. And, you know, he it just had to be his, his 30 years. Like, we'd be sitting yeah. and watching a player that um, dad would like, and he'd say, I really like that guy. And I'm kind of looking, and he's not on my list. And sure enough, he'll score a goal or he'll make a big play and, and things like that. And, you know, and, and I ask him, I'll say, why do you like him? And he dad just goes, I don't know. I just get a sense, you know, he just, you know, you, when you've been around it. hockey for dad, you know, he's dad's 87 now and he's been playing yeah. hockey since he's been fit, you know, sure, in, yeah. junior hockey since he's 15. It's just that sense that I think that guys like him and Brian Kilray and a lot of the older guys that have been around hockey, they just pick something out that, um, 
that it's just a vibe they get off, you know, mm-hmm. and, um, and, you know, it, it happens, it happens more times than not. And dad's very quick to point it out when it does happen. So. Yeah. I recall Don mentioning he was right once or twice. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Um, well, in, on that note, I, I, I'm also curious about players who, I mean, let's look back at, at, at a recent draft, um, where if you haven't already noticed, and most of our viewers already know, we're all from Newfoundland. Uh, we're all based in either the St. John's area or just outside the city. And uh, local boy just got drafted a couple of years back, Dawson Mercer. I'm sure you've probably seen Dawson in and around. He played in Quebec mostly, of course, but uh, he had a he had a really nice coming out party at the last World Juniors. They didn't get the result they were looking for, but um, I mean, he can play any position. He 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 was ranked originally in I think in the top ten ish, and he kind of fell down to the twenties. Another guy like Cole Perfetti, who uh, yeah. to me is just an absolute going to be a stud, I think. Yeah. Based now, mm-hmm. but I mean, when he was drafted, he kind of slipped a long way. Uh, yeah. Any other players you can think of that, uh, that maybe even fell further that kind of caught your eye and, and, and probably bound for bigger things? Um, you know, like it was funny, like, like a guy like uh Wayne Simmons, I remember watching him uh, when he was 15, and uh, uh, at the beginning of the year, he 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 couldn't skate, he was he was awful. Oh, and by the end of the year, he was a pretty good skater. And he was just one of those guys that he, he plays the same way, really tough to play against when he was, when he was 15, he was all elbows and knees and going <laughs> into the corner. And and you look at a guy like that, that he he's made it on like his sheer determination and he might be not as skilled. Um, unfortunately, I probably see it the other way more where I see kids mm. that just have so much talent, mm. but just don't have the right attitude. And hockey's yeah. very unforgiving. Hockey's not like basketball. Hockey's not like football no. or, or baseball. Yeah. Um, if you don't have the right attitude, they have very little to do with you. And, you know, a couple of, uh, you know, one name that comes to mind is a guy named uh, Joshua Hosong. Yeah. He played on Connor McDavid's uh, Toronto Marley team. And at the time, it was a razor's edge who was better, McDavid or Hosong. I mean, was, yeah. McDavid was a year younger. I uh, you had to take that into consideration. But Hosong could skate. It was good as him, handle the puck. Um, but he, even back in the thing, he just needed an attitude adjustment. There were a couple other guys that I can think of. So unfortunately for me, when I watch it, it kind of goes the other way more than mm-hmm. you see some kids. Like, I think probably if you ask me who – I think improved the most was um, uh, Malcolm Subban, PK's brother, who played goal because he yeah. played goal for the Toronto Marlies. And um, back then, in the way the OHL worked, we central scouting, and that's why I worked for the OHL central scouting and not on the team. We had to put the kids on a list, and then they were eligible to be drafted. And he was, I just said, how can we put Malcolm Subban on the list? He's he's terrible. He couldn't stop a beach ball. And um, they said, well, we know um, Belleville is going to take him because of, you know, PK was playing in the Belleville Bulls. And so they drafted him, I think, 14th round. And uh, like four years later, he was starting in goal for Team Canada. Um, Again, didn't get the the, um, result he wanted. But I think looking at a kid that went from not having – and to be fair, it was only his second or third year in goal when we were watching him. But still, um, you know, for him to go that far, that fast was was pretty amazing. Yeah, that's, that's incredible. Yeah, 
yeah, finding that window of uh, development, like, you know, people that can recognize, you know, you can see something in someone that, oh, yeah, he's, he's workable. We can do, we can deal with this. Yeah. And make him into something. And so uh, that's another skill in scouting that I wish I could, you know, I'd like to know how you get to recognize that. You know? Well, I, I think the, the main thing, though, you, you got to kind of right now, scouting wise is skating. If, if the kids, mm-hmm. even at, at the kids that I'm watching now at, at, at 15, so they're, they're, we don't call them minor midgets now. You got to call them under 16. That's um, right. Yeah. God um, forbid. <laughs> when they change the name of even the pancake syrup. So, yeah. <laughs> so, um, uh, see, you, off you, topic. You, yeah, yeah, yeah. We got it when we when I'm doing that podcast with Dad. I got to steer him away from that stuff too. So. <laughs> like, See, uh, I, yeah. it makes me mad. <laughs> so, uh, but, he, but even at that age, on the under under 16s, you you really got to work on your skating. And the kid that's um, forecast to go number one is named Owen Powers this year. Um, he played for the Mississauga Raps. I remember watching him and. Um, he was a big, he was probably six, one at the time. I think he's six, five now. Um, but he still had to work in his skating and that's why he didn't go first overall in the OHL. And, uh, um, and you look at him now, his skating's improved a lot. So there's always that, um, you you look and you go, okay, he's got all the potential, but you know, is he going to improve? And for me, the big thing is, if they improve from the beginning of the year to the end of the year, you know, they're going to get better. I, a lot of kids mm-hmm. improve from the beginning of the year to the middle of the year, and then they don't improve the last half yeah. of the year. And then you go, you know, have they, have they kind of hit their, you know, hit their peak. And so me, that's the big thing is seeing them improve all year, because if you know, you normally you'll see a kid that kind of comes roaring out of the gates, but by, but by mid season, everybody's kind of caught up to them you don't see him make that big jump because it's a big jump to go from, you know, um, under 16 to, or, or, um, under 17 to the OHL or the CHL or the, or the Q. Definitely. Yeah. So that's, Definitely. That's, that's incredible stuff. I'm wondering about traits outside of skill set. So outside of the skating, the stick handling, the, you know, everything on the ice, what, what's, what's a key thing that the scouts are honing in on would be, I mean, I, you mentioned attitude, but I mean, is definitely their attitude. body language. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because I work for the, I work for OHL central scouting. I, I, I kind of stay away. I don't talk to the parents and I, I don't, I don't do the research that the teams do and the teams will go in and they talk to the parents and they'll talk to teachers and they'll talk to the principal. Like they really got to do their homework because they are investing a lot of money into these kids if this right, to go yeah. in. But for me, um, watching it, I, I do watch body language. I watch uh, if a team's getting blown out, who's still trying, who's quit. You know, if, yeah. you know, if a kid's quit halfway through the game, I mean, you can tell the kids just aren't trying like they were if they're getting blown out. Um, yeah. You know, so I do, I, I do kind of keep an eye on that. And, you know, a lot of times parents ask me, do kids need to be on winning teams? And I said, well, I said, you know, probably the best scenario is a team that's kind of in the middle that, you know, the superstar kids are, you know, they're going to get their ice time, but, you know, you want to make sure that your son's getting the ice time. And, um, you know, and a lot of times you want to see how they handle adversity, right? You want to, some teams, you know, the, the one team that uh, Connor McDavid was on, um, I mean, day one, every game was a blowout, like every, almost every game. And um, they have a rule in um, in the Greater Toronto Hockey League that going into the third period, if a team's up by five goals, it's straight time. 
And uh, I mean, almost every game of theirs was straight time and they never had any, um, uh, they never were really challenged, but at the OHL cup, which is all the best under 16 teams playing together, um, they lost and they just ran into a really hot goalie and a guy named Robbie Fabry who plays for the Toronto Red Wings was unbelievable and yeah. uh, beat them. And you look and you go, you know, that's the first time those guys had any real, you know, yeah. ad, you know, adversity, whereas the, they were the rebels, Mississauga rebels, they had to fight their way the whole time and, and they ended up winning. So you kind of watch for things like that, but I don't get in too much to uh, the off ice stuff. That's, that's more the team's yeah. ground. That's fair. That's yeah. fair. We've uh, we've we've got a. I'm not going to drop any names just yet until we get it fully confirmed. We've got a, a, a former NHL pro scout lined up too to come on the show eventually in a couple more episodes, and uh, I I can't wait to compare the differences between because completely different types of scouting when you're scouting for the OHL as opposed to That's scouting it. for a pro hockey team an NHL hockey team. Yeah. Uh, it's it's two completely different mindsets, but still looking at the same. You know, one's looking in at a Rembrandt, one's looking at a Picasso, but it's still an artwork. You know, yeah. so, uh, but, it, but it all comes down to skating. If they can't skate, yeah, it just, yeah. And it just keeps yeah. getting faster and faster, and yeah. every kid's yeah. getting bigger and harder to push off. So it's uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. With regard to uh, with regards to that, um, I'm curious now as well. I mean, you, you obviously your dad being who he is, he would have got a lot of uh, a lot of opportunities for locker room time as well with young kids and whatnot, uh, offering advice up or that kind of thing. Is there any moment that stands out in your mind where you might've given a, a, a kid who went on to be a, be a pro player, you know, a critique that, you know, probably sank in. Um, not, um, not too, not too, too much. Dad, dad never went into the, too much into the dressing rooms. Oh, okay. Um, you know, he kind of, he, he kind of stayed away. Like he like watched the games and we would kind of leave. We would always stay to the end. The one rule was we never left early. That was the one rule that, you know, a lot of scout leaves with about five minutes to go, but we, we could never do that no matter what the score was. Um, but I got to tell you. You can miss a lot gotta, in five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> I got to tell you a funny story, though, that, that this happened was we were watching a game and um, it, was in a, it was in a tournament. And um, it was, I think it was the, I'm pretty sure it was the finals. And this one team, we'll call it the home team, um, they, they were up uh, like three nothing very early in the game and they were early jumping around. And then they were up, they got the fourth goal and they were jumping all around. And, you know, dad's sitting there and he says, you know, I hate, they're up four nothing and they're jumping around and the other team is getting mad. And they got up like five one and they were still jumping around and they were really, you know, my kids celebrating, but they were really going overboard. Oh, yeah. So I was going into the third period. My dad says, he's, I think it was 5-1. And dad says, I think this other team's going to come back and beat them. He says, because they're just furious. And <laughs> sure enough, it was 5-2, 5-3. And the referee, I could tell the referee was pissed off at this home team because they were acting like jerks. He gave him a couple of penalties, 5-4, 5-5. And sure enough, the other team comes back. Oh, no way. Five. They score with a minute to go. So dad said, see, I told you, he says, these guys are acting like jerks. He says, he says, they're a bunch of act, act like, yeah. dad says, they're acting like a bunch of Brazilian soccer players jumping around. So, <laughs> so we're That's leaving. Right. So we're leaving. We're walking down the hall and the coach of the team that lost comes out and he goes, he goes, Don, he says, you know, I'm the team coach. He says, we lost. He says, I really, 
She says, we're really, you know, the kids are just heartbroken. Can you come in and say something to them? Oh, God. So I'm like, no, we got to get going, Dad. I got to get going. Goes, no, I'll say something. So he oh, walked God. in, and he walked in, and he ripped into those kids. Thank God, but they didn't have phones back then. You bunch of hot dogs. I'm paraphrasing. You bunch of hot dogs jumping around, acting like a bunch of goose. You should have beat that team, but they ended up hating you. He says, the ref hated you. The Zamboni guy hated you guys. And he turned to the captain and he says, who's the captain? And he looked, he says, no, smarten up. You're the leader of this team. Stop jumping around when you're up five, nothing. And then just blasted him. And, oh, that's uh, deadly. And uh, that's I think awesome. they did go on to win. They, uh, they, they did go on to win the, uh, the, the championship that year. I think that was oh, a wow. tournament, but. Um, it's probably because of your dad. I don't know, but the coach never asked him to go into the dressing room again. <laughs> no. Yeah, no they got the kick in the ass they deserved. They probably made them all better. Good yeah, for them. it might have worked. Sometimes the tough love is the love people need. Uh, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to that these days? Well, yeah, yeah, fair enough. Um, the only other thing I was curious about, Tim, would have been, I mean, from your perspective, I mean, you've you've seen a lot of parents at a lot of games, and, and I mean, you, you've you've grown up around the game yourself. Do you have any advice for parents who got young kids in in minor hockey or in in, in minor, major minor or whatever you want to call it? He's under sixteen. Under <laughs> sixteen. Yeah. Um, I would say that uh, you know, if you're, excuse me, if you if you're, I would say that if your son is at the point where he's playing in AAA, and the scouts are watching him, just be quiet and mm. stay in the background. I mean, yeah. you know, the, the reality was, you know, Connor McDavid's dad, we, I never knew who he was I, and I never met him and you, you never saw him jumping around or anything like that. But Mitch you know, is I, was dead, at, apparently. I was, I was, I was at a game and I, I was, again, these, these little snippets that I, I remember like they were yesterday. We were at a, I remember where I was standing. I was at the corner rink of Iceland's in Etobicoke and I was standing with a bunch of other scouts. Dad wasn't there that day. And I was standing with a bunch of other scouts. No, I guess, no, dad was there. We were standing with a bunch of scouts and they were, we were t- talking. And this one dad was going nuts and he was banging on the glass and just screaming and yelling at the rep. And we're, and like, we're all looking at him because I know the perception of parent of hockey parents that they scream and yell and stuff like that. And at this level that, that I'm watching, it's like a church sometimes, like it's, completely dead quiet and very rarely do you find um the parents that go bananas but this one parent was banging and screaming and yelling on the glass and finally one guy went over and said sorry eagles who's your son and they said oh number he said like number two and all the scouts just put a line through number two and this kid should have been drafted and he fell he should have been probably a third round pick and he fell probably to like the 13th or 14th round and I remember talking to the scout and one of the scouts who was uh, a head scout. And he says, if I draft, tell my GM to draft that kid and that father acts like he's acting, he says, I'll lose my job. Oh, says, I'm not, he goes, he's, his kid's not good enough for him to act like that. And no. he goes, no kid has. And I've seen it. I bet you, you know, I've been, I bet you I've seen it every other year where a parent, acts like a jerk and screaming and yelling and the the you know sure enough you find out whose kid it is and they just draw a line through them and um you know the sins of the father become the sins of the child pretty quick and that's yeah like hockey they don't hockey doesn't put up with stuff you know they don't mm-hmm. they don't put up you better be and and you know the surprising thing is 
the players that are like the Connor McDavid's or the Wayne Gretzky's or the John Traveris's, their fa- their fathers aren't like that. And no, they no. could be right because yes. their kids are so good, but they're not. And, um, you know, it's, it's sad to, it's sad to see sometimes that, you know, if a parent acts badly, you know, it will be reflect badly on his kid. It's not fair, but that's the way it is. Yeah. It is what it is. A lot of times that the, uh, the cost of the sport is so expensive and it gets put all on the kid when they don't perform. And like I said, you really get that crazy parent, like he's yelling at what he looks at as his investment because I mean, hockey is, is, it's, it's getting unaffordable. Yeah, yeah that that's that's that it, if people are talking about hockey and you know hockey is getting a lot of negative rep about it. it's not this and it's not that and it's not this the problem with hockey is it's too expensive it's yeah. insanely yeah. expensive yeah. and it's becoming an a social economic issue that the kids who are in the middle or lower end of the social economic scale are not being able to play because nope. it's just too expensive. I mean, I was talking to a dad um, about two years ago, and it was there was still maybe about uh, you know a little bit less than a quarter of the season left, and he had already spent five thousand dollars on sticks. Yeah. Five thousand dollars on sticks, hell. and the playoffs had still come. He had spent he had he had gone through three pairs of skates because his son had a pair of skates at the beginning of the year. He had a growth spurt. He needed another pair of skates, and he and he wore out them and. You know, he says, you know, he goes, I'm at, he goes almost $6,000 worth of, of skates. So he was over $10,000 oh um, sticks and skates. And that's not including, you know, tournaments that they go in and they got to pay for the ice time and all that. Yep. And, you know, they, oh they talk goodness. about the lack of, you know, kids aren't playing hockey because it's too violent or, but it isn't no. now. There's hardly no hit. There's hardly any hitting in minor hockey now. Um, yep. It's just, they got to find a way to reel in the costs or, you know, it's going to end up biting them in the ass in, in about five or six years. Oh, absolutely. You're missing yeah. a lot of premium athletes. Go ahead, Chad. I remember uh, reading an article a few years ago that had uh, Matt Duchesne's dad smoke out about the cost of Canadian hockey. And I believe one of the directors of Swedish hockey had spoke out about it and said, if Canada ever figured out the, uh, the system, the social system to uh, develop their sports, there's no other country in the world that could compete with Canada. It's just, you have so many people in such a big country playing so much hockey at a time, the numbers are just there and they have the talent for it. But uh, I think what it was, and I hate to quote them, quote the numbers. So I never planned on speaking about it, but I think to get Matt Duchesne, the draft day cost his dad almost $350,000. Oh, I would say and that. And I think the equivalent in Sweden, it was 10,000. Yeah. yeah. And then they also have a much smaller country making just as many superstars. And they're also mm-hmm. specializing in late bloomers and not uh, rich kids. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's, uh, it's sad because Canada's going to lose the handle and try to get it back is giving away all this money. So unless the government invests in, I don't know how else you do it. Well, it's either that or the NHL has got to help step in. And I think somehow, that, yeah. yeah. But I think the problem is that the NHL, like how do you go to the retailers and how do you go to the, to the, the companies that make the states and the sticks and say, you've got to make less money. you got to have more kids play. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that, that's the, that is a problem though. But like, I, like, I, I know for a fact that I, you know, it was two years ago, I was talking to a mom and, and she said, I have three kids, but I can only put one in hockey. Yeah. 
and know, right? you know, and she That's says, hard, you know, and you, you do, you have a lot of single parents now and that, that, you know, can't have two kids or three kids. You can't drop the, the amount of money that you will, you know, there's just not that, you know, disposable income to put three kids through hockey. You know, you'd look to the government, can they give them some, you know, tax benefits or tax credits or something, something. like that. But, you know, and, and, and it's just, you know, it's in, when you, talk to the greater Toronto hockey league, their biggest cost is insurance. And, um, you know, so it's just, there's a lot of hidden fees or a lot of hidden costs. And it's just, it's tough to see it put on all it's, it's basically put on the hockey parents. Yeah. And there's another aspect of that that I didn't realize I got into, a, I got a, a eight year old and a six year old in hockey. So I got into helping out coach there. So you get to talk to some of the parents. And uh, one of the coaches, uh, one of the parents uh, I talked to have, have an older kid and he feels unaccepted in his classroom. He's about 10 years old and all the cool kids in his class are all hockey players. And he wants to play hockey now and try to learn how to play now just so he can feel cool and be accepted. Yeah. I mean, that's crazy. It's such a social thing here yeah. in Canada. Right? Hockey yeah. is it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah it is though. And, and that's mm-hmm. the sad reality is that a lot of parents just simply cannot afford it. No, that's no. insane. And, and, and the, you, the kids don't get that. They don't, you know, but, but my friend plays. Right. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. They don't and, understand. And no. it's sad. Cause how do you explain that to a 10 year old? Well, I mean, right. even at the Timbits level, I mean, that's, I mean, me and Chad have boys the same age and I mean, they're only it's, five. And I mean, even for Timbits hockey for gear and at least time and a few little jamborees that they do. And I mean, you're into it over a thousand bucks. Just for yeah. a, a couple of months of, you know, getting yeah. to cheer your kid on, getting on activities, a activity. But I mean, it's, it's on like anything else. I mean, everything else that my kid does costs me like a hundred dollars a season for him to play soccer, yeah. for him to play t-ball, whatever it is. It's like it's yeah. nothing compared to hockey. Is just it's it's rings for expensive sports. Yeah, it really is unfortunate. Yeah, we have a ten-year-old here, almost eleven, who plays a, and he's every different camp and every different thing of extra ice time and it's just it's outrageous how expensive it's like because when i played 20 years ago i know it was expensive but i know it was nothing like it is now yeah moving on you guys got anything else for the scouting stuff because i've ran out of left that one to you ryan well like i said it's something that i i just it always fascinated me and then to get a chance to talk to uh, to tim was always high on my priority list for that reason alone Mm -hmm. um but i want to talk about now we got to move on to the major part of of of, of tim's professional life which would be the producing stuff and this is my second passion hence the podcast uh you know, you uh, you obviously got an interest into that early on. So, what what was the driving force behind getting into to production and media? Um, I, I don't. I think probably you know I was exposed to it at a young age. Um, again, if I went down to the Boston Gardens before, you could see the the camera crews and stuff setting up for the game, and you know, talk to some of those guys. And uh, I kind of got into it a little. I got into it more when I was in uh, uh, Colorado. I I um. Uh, got to, to be an intern at the ABC affiliate there um, oh. and um, was, uh, you know, just kind of carrying equipment and stuff like that. And then uh, within a year, I started editing the sports. And long story short, what happened was I was editing when I was on my spare time. I was answering phones and stuff. And then when I had spare time, I would just go back and the edit. And back then, that's when they had the two, you had the 
tape, you had the playback and you had the recorder and then you had to put it in. So it's a lot different now than it is now. Mm -hmm. And yeah, um, uh, I just got, I just did it. And then one day uh, an opening came up and they said, do you want to move your internship into uh, editing? So I started doing the sports when I was 17 and then I really wow. enjoyed that aspect of it. And then um, when I moved to uh, Mississauga, I took uh, broadcasting at Mohawk College and, um, and uh, worked at CHCH TV, which is a local radio, radio, uh, TV station in Hamilton for, I think, three years. And then um, uh, I kind of did a couple of things on my own. And, um, you know, a guy came to me um, and I wish it was 32 years ago and I wish I remember his name and I can't, Woods, I think it was. And he had a contract to do a show called This Week in Hockey, which was to show hockey highlights, but it was on a sports channel in Connecticut. And so he said, you know, he goes, do you want to work on it? And I said, well, I've edited sports. So I went and I got the I ran down the hockey highlights and we would run a weekly show of that. It was like a weekly rock'em sock'em. And then a year after a production company uh, called uh, Video Special Products, um, they came to me and uh, said, we wanna do this week in hockey, but we wanna do it on, sell it on a VHS tape. And that's how Rock'em Sock'em was born and took off from cool. there. And you know, once I got doing that, I was able to open the door for some other things to do. Oh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Glad I could support that cause there, Tim. Glad <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, my... Glad, yeah. The the big thing, I mean, obviously, I, I knew you were affiliated with with uh, with Rock'em Sock'em, but I learned that after the fact, uh, because again, I was watching the the, the tapes, the VHS tapes were. Uh, um, I've mentioned this several times on the podcast, but the VHS tapes were a Christmas special for me. It was like guaranteed Same. under the yeah, tree, yeah. dig for that Same. thing, and then when after Christmas dinner was over, on went Rock'em Sock'em. It was just yes. it, it's become such a it became such a family tradition for me. It was like it was as much a part of Christmas as Jingle Bells and, <laughs> and friggin' Santa Claus, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. So I mean, it it is just it became part of my Christmas culture. It's, it's such a weird thing. My kids don't get it now. That on Christmas I want to watch hockey of some sort, and it's like <laughs> World Juniors come on right thereafter, and like I'm immersed, you know. Yeah. Um, but in saying that, I learned about your involvement with Rock'em Sock'em after the fact because. I, I was at an older age when you when you screen wrote and produced uh, the miniseries for CBC about your dad. Yeah, so I'm really curious uh, about because well, first and foremost, I'd heard I'd heard your name many times because your dad always would reference his family, your mother, the kids yeah. in, in various various spots in hockey on, on Coach's Corner, wherever. So I, I knew who you were as a as a as a person, but then when I seen your name affiliated with uh, the miniseries, I was like, oh, wow, okay, this is going to be interesting because it's, it's a family member helping to produce and write the, yeah. more or less a family autobiography, you know? Yeah. Um, so I'm just curious where the inspiration for that came from and, and more more importantly, how long did it take you to get your old man on board with the idea? Um, it took a long time, actually. I mean, uh, I, I had kicked it around for, I don't know, probably 10 years before we actually did it. Um, and... Um, Everyone, you know, every two years, I'd say, you know, Dad, I said, we should do like a movie of your life, and and I wanted to focus more on the the minor leagues, and I did the, uh, you know, once he got to Boston and stuff because that was a lot more uh, public, um, maybe not as much now, but um, 
Um, but I said, it was the minor league stuff that nobody knew about that, what you had to go through. And I remember I sat and I watched the movie Goodfellas, you know, the good, the movie Goodfellas. Mm, go ahead. Uh, and that was my mom and dad's life. That was my mom and dad's life was Goodfellas was no, Henry Hill and his wife's life that, and my, my mom was like Henry Hill's wife, that she was this you know, she was from Hershey, never saw a hockey game, got married to my dad and got immersed in this crazy world where they had a very, you know, the, the you know, like, you know, you had the mafia guys where they just hung around each other and the team hung around yeah. each other and the wives hung around and the kids hung around. And um, so I talked to dad and, and he said, no. And then when you, he said, yeah, he goes, no, maybe that'll be good. So I sat down and I started to write it and then, you know, I'd go with him and we'd write it. So I finally got a script and um, I pitched it to CBC and it took a little bit of arm wrestling to get them to agree to it. And, um, and then once we, uh, you know, once it got going, it, um, um, you know, it really was, it was very successful. It was one of their highest, if not their, the highest rated uh, miniseries that they've, that they've ever had. And mm -hmm. um, it was stressful though. I'll tell you, I would never do it again. It was, no, no. I mean, it was just a little bit too close to the bone yeah. and a lot of the little things that really bothered me, you know, 99.9% .9 of the people wouldn't know. And, um, um, and probably didn't make a big difference in the movie, but, um, just to know that it wasn't right bothered me. And, uh, it was just too close to the bone. Like I, I never thought I would be, um, that stressful or that hard to do but uh but we pulled it off and you know dad was a big and my sister cindy was a big uh, part of it because mm -hmm. um i wasn't around for a lot of the minor league stuff so she was and and uh and kind of knew you know her mom had a different relationship you know a, a mother daughter had a different relationship than a mother son and and mm -hmm. um so she kind of she had a lot to my mom's character um when we were writing it so yeah, it was, it was lots of fun. Learned a lot of, you know, just, it was a, a huge learning lesson uh, for me um, on how something that big gets done. And uh, you can't be a control freak. You got to let your baby go at one time. And I'm yeah. not good at that. I like <laughs> perfection. Start to finish. Perfectionist. Yeah. So I wonder yeah. where you get that from. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's got to be right. The old apple don't fall far from the tree, they say. No. Uh, mm -hmm. One of my favorite aspects of that movie now, uh, years later, is looking back at it and realizing, I, I was like, geez, that had uh, that had Jared Kessel as playing yeah. the role of, of Don Cherry. And I was like, God, like, I, I, I didn't clue in until, I don't know, probably a year ago. Because, again, I was a Letterkenny fan. Watched, I mean, yeah. the guy is absolutely hilarious. The show is well yeah. done. Yeah. yeah. And uh, nice. But it's a completely different role for him, obviously. I mean, it was, it was a, a dramatic kind of role. But yeah. at the same time, a little bit of tongue-in-cheek humor in, yeah. in, in your in your uh, in your. Uh, gotta have that. Yeah. Oh well, I mean, it's it, it the, whole, right. the whole Eddie Shore thing for for starters. Yeah, I, I knew who Eddie Shore was as that crazy badass coach, but the way you guys were able to portray him in that miniseries, just yeah. absolutely outstanding. All that yeah. minor league stuff was just so good; it was golden. And yeah. uh, in particular, I always remember the, uh, the the cure for the broken toe scene, the hot water yeah. and then the cold water. Yeah. It was so incredibly well done that uh, that I, I I just I couldn't I couldn't be happier to see uh, Kessel go on and have an even bigger yeah. career after that. You know. Yeah, he he is he is such a good guy, Jared. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, we still kind of keep in touch, and uh, every once in a while, and. Um, you know, and uh, we heard at that when we heard his dog Gus passed away, we sent over condolences, but 
he, Jared really is a great guy. And the funny thing was that when we, we went to CBC and we got the green light, we had to start casting it. And so they, they did, they said, look, you know, we're going to cast a huge net. We're going to be said the, the bare minimum though, he's got to be Canadian. We can't have somebody, we can't have somebody coming up from the U S to play dad. So we said to CBC, we, we got to get a Canadian actor. So they said, okay, so what we're going to do is we're going to do, we're going to, we're going to like every city, we're going to do a casting call and we'll put them on a DVD and send them to you. And not, no exaggeration. Jared was maybe the third guy we saw. Hmm. And we just, you know, and he, he like, he's the third guy, right? So you can't say that's him because you know, you got 200 more guys you got to look at. Right. And he just looked and dad goes, Oh, I really like him. I think he's go. Oh, I really like him. And we went through <laughs> probably 250, 300 auditions and we always kept coming back to Jared. And yes, that uh, was the benchmark. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was very early. And, uh, and uh, so we got in contact with him and uh, you know, he was really excited. And then we had to tell him, um, you know, I had to say, do you know how to skate? And uh, he got mad at that. He goes, well, I played Junior B. And <laughs> I don't care. I said, you played Junior B. I got to see if he can skate. And uh, he was a really good skater and, um, yeah. and, um, and just a great guy on set, really easy to work with. And um, he doesn't differ too much from Letterkenny. I just said that Jared's not playing yeah. a character. He's just playing himself. I said, he's the luckiest yeah. guy in the world. I'm getting paid for it. <laughs> I watched a really good interview with him with uh, Tom Power on Q and CBC. It's a really good interview with him, and he talks about his big break and getting into it, and yeah. he touches on all that. So, no, he was he was yeah, he's he really was committed great. to it. Yeah, he was, and it was you know it was a grueling schedule because he was uh, he was in almost every shot, right? Yeah. And um, so it was you know he was you know he had to be you know, in the makeup room, sometimes at like, you know, four o'clock in the morning for a nine o'clock call that they had to put prosthetics on. And then he had to go out and go on skates. And, wow. you know, if you're on skates all day, your back starts to hurt. You know, it's not oh, your yeah, feet, okay. your lower back starts to kill you. Mm -hmm. And he's got, you know, he was on skates a lot and we were on tube skates. You know, we weren't on regular skates a lot of the time. Um, and, um, and, and he was just, he was just the greatest guy to work with. And I'm so happy that he's, he's doing well now and he's and you know he's, he really is uh, you know he's a good actor and uh, you yeah, know he he, he, uh, he trusted our director Jeff Wolna who uh, went on he did a lot of uh, episodes of Viking uh, he was a very um, did a lot of uh, serial uh, stuff and uh, he uh, you know Jared was uh, he got into the role he was he was good that's I said the only problem dad with Jared is he's better looking and a better skater than you <laughs> goes, well, I don't know about better looking, but he is a better. Yeah. Well, I mean, over the years, I mean, being a Don Cherry fan and growing up like in you know Coach's Corner, I mean, I never missed a uh, first intermission in my life. You know, no. it's just, it just the way it is. But I, I've all, I, often on comedy shows or on anything else, there, you, you people have tried to impersonate Don Cherry, yeah. and just come up empty almost ninety nine yeah. percent of the time. It's just it's an impossible mm -hmm. personality to replicate. Don't even try. But I got to say, when I watched it, because that, that was my first, when I, when I heard it was coming out, I'm like, okay, I'm watching this 100%. I'm watching this. But I was like, I'm going to be, I'm going to be disappointed I, in my mind. That's yeah. what I was thinking. I'm going to be disappointed Never with duplicated. the actor. Mm -hmm. But I got to say, man, he nailed it. He, he absolutely killed it. He did his research and 
even even as to, as the character aged, you know, from from the miners for one, yeah. the makeup work was fantastic. To make to make the, the character look yeah. the age yeah. was amazing to me. I I found myself forgetting again that I was watching a movie that was all filmed at the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, he really killed it, and I, I, yeah. I was so well, happy. I think, that, I think the big thing was like when when we were we were talking and and uh Di was talking to him and i talked to him and then the director jeff was talking laszlo you know we said you know we, we kind of came we kind of came to the conclusion it had to be an interpretation and not an imitation he couldn't try to yeah. imitate him it had exactly. to be an interpretation of him yeah. and um, i think you know dad probably smiled a little bit more and stuff like that but jared if jared you know, if you got an actor that tried to tried to imitate him, it wouldn't have worked. But you no, just had to kind of get that little bit of a swagger, and you had to have just an interpretation the way it was, and and that's what caught us in the, in the uh, audition was that, you know, he he to me the guys were trying to be the coaches, and 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 plus you got to realize the coaches cornered Don Cherry that everybody knew. It's not the same as, no. you know, the Springfield Indian, you know, 21 year old mm. uh, Don Cherry. And, no. uh, but he really got a, you know, he, 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 Jared picked that up right away. Excellent. So what about everybody else? Like, I'm curious now, like when I watched the movie, I'm like looking at all these guys who are dressed in vintage hockey gear and mm. skating around the ice playing vintage style hockey. Like, where do you get those guys? <laughs> like- well, we, we shot it in Winnipeg. Yeah, and we shot it in Winnipeg because of tax credits, so it's 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 uh, cheaper to Top shoot out there. Yeah. Um, but what happened was um, we we did a casting, and uh, a lot of the guys were um, uh, the older guys. A lot of them were the Manitoba Moose that played in the American Hockey League. Uh-huh. Um, they got beat out of the playoffs, unfortunately for them. So they were kind of hanging around. So we did a casting call. And then uh, some of the younger kids, we went to Brandon and got to Brandon Wheat Kings and uh, some of the other uh, like uh, provincial junior teams. And uh, but the funny thing was, and telling a trick of the trade, probably you go back and look, was we got the older guys, and, you know, they're they're in their mid twenties, and you know, some of them are in their thirties, and we said, look, you know, we're gonna cut your hair short because we need a little bit older guys in the American Hockey League. So we went and we got tube skates all through the thing old old skates from the 50s and 60s and yeah they're basically running shoes with a tube blade on them that's all they are right yeah so we got all these things and we got three guys to sharpen skates that's all these guys did for three days with sharpened skates and uh, we had to go and the states we had to get the wooden sticks uh, from the uh, christian brothers uh remember they used to be they used to play in the NHL, but now they have a, a stick and we were, they were the only guys yeah. that did sticks. We got them. So we had, um, so what we were going to do is we just had all the guys put their skates on one night and they were going to skate around and we were going to kind of split up into teams. And I was going to say, okay, like that guy's really good. We'll use him handling the park, you know? And so these guys put on the old skates, they couldn't skate. Like they no, literally so. could not skate. And I thought, <laughs> oh my God. Don't put the angles for those things. But uh, yeah, it's just gonna blow up. Like and <laughs> all, and these guys are one step from the from the NHL, right? These are you know guys in the American Hockey League, and yeah. they're all going. I can't believe like Bobby Orr and Rocket were short skated in these things. Like they you know their ankles were bent and they were. Oh yeah. So, uh, so what we did was we just said. Um, uh, so what we had to do was we got their skates and we we spray painted them black and then we got the uh, the tuck blades, um, and then 
got uh, metallic paint sp spray paint them silver okay. just so you didn't see but if you if we were going to shoot a shot of their like lacing up or a thing then we would get them on the two skates but it was funny to see these guys professionals just no chance of them skating with no way. <laughs> wow uh, i bet i i wouldn't be able to skate in them no, no doubt if god there's no. no ankle support oh my god no way no. well jared had to skate in them and he had to wear them right so oh, wow. i said you know i said jared just get a whole roll of tape and tape Tape each ankle ankles. with a roll of tape right? <laughs> yeah yeah get some splints yeah yeah it's too yeah. funny my boyfriend's not the greatest skater and we went skating like last <laughs> Ooh, year and adam i was like sorry adam um but i always told him i was like your skates can't be tight enough because your ankles aren't supposed to do this like they're not supposed right. to be able to go back and forth i was like tighten your skates <laughs> i had the same issue growing up i had a pair of 50 dollars bauer chargers and I mean, you couldn't haul those things tight with a, I mean, you would need three big men hauling on that to get them tight. And my ankles were always like this. So. Yeah, I had the microns, I so I just had no skin bun. left in my feet after. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> I'm uh, I'm also curious, uh, what was the other thing I want to ask you about? Oh, yes, my, my wife. I, I, this is a throw it to my wife. I always throw something at my wife to make sure she's listening to the podcast. Right. right? <laughs> because I'm 90% sure she's not. She's, uh, she's she, and if any of you guys tell her what I'm talking about here, I'll be very mad. But I remember we watched when I turned on the Don Cherry, uh, the Don Cherry story, uh, and it was going through the whole uh, your dad meets your mom uh, segment. My wife kind of she she knew she knew who your dad. Everyone knows who Don Cherry is, but she was never a really big hockey fan. But she she kind of was kind of looking over my shoulder and seeing what I was watching, and and she kind of drifted into the room. And she got caught up in 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 the love story aspect of it. Yeah. And at one point, she actually shed a tear during during the, during the whole thing because she 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 turned to me. And she's like, like they that was true love. Like they were actually fully immersed yeah. in each other. It was true love. And yeah. uh, and and she watched the whole thing with me. Then she watched the, uh, the, the the Wrath of Grapes. And then we then she was even insistent. And we watched the Mr. Hockey story, which had nothing to do with you guys. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, uh, she was in, and she was like, no, no, yeah. we're watching all of these. So I was like, oh no. Perfect. Sounds good to me. But I'm just, I'm curious. I mean, your, your mom, your mom had, it was, was passed at, at the time when you guys did this. Yeah. How hard was it for your dad to go through the whole recollection of the stories and then actually having to watch the video? Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, it was, it was brutally hard. And uh, Sarah Manon, who played my mom, uh, she, when they did the makeup on her and did her hair, I mean, she looked like my mom. And she, oh, again, she just got my mom's mannerisms down. And I really don't know how, because mm. there wasn't a lot of video on thing. And my sister, my sister and, and Sarah had a long, a lot of, uh, had a long conversation and stuff like that. Um, but it was, um, we had to film it. There was a really small window in Winnipeg that we, we could film it in because it was just when like all the minor league seasons were over and the playoffs were, and the NHL playoffs were going. And then what happened was in, in the area, they would take out the ice and we couldn't afford for them to take the ice out, put the ice back in. Mm -hmm. So we had this small window. So when we were shooting a lot of it, dad was in, it was on the road doing um, the NHL playoffs. And then he came on set with about a week to go of the shooting and he saw Sarah and he just, we broke up. I mean, it was just, oh, it was no. way, way too tough. Uh, I bet. Too tough to see, to see that. And uh, it was, you know, that was, uh, that was the, the hardest part to see dad um, kind of go through that again. Right. And, yeah, uh, but, oh, for uh, sure. Um, but, you know, like I, 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 
you know, the one thing that I wanted to, like, I, I remember talking to my mom because, you know, she, again, they traveled all over the place and they were in Sudbury and Three Rivers, Quebec and Kitchener and Spokane and all that. And, you know, I said to mom, I said, that must have been tough. And she said, you know what, though? She says, we had a good time. She says, we had a good time. She says, life was so much fun back then because the players, after the game was over, they all go out together and they would all drink. They all go to a bar because back when dad played, you weren't allowed to drink any water. Like that was like maybe two hours before the game, you stopped drinking uh, because they thought it bloated you. And so even between periods, you weren't allowed to drink any water or anything. That's yeah. crazy. And so <laughs> after the game, they ran to the bar. <laughs> and the first three beers, just what that's just by osmosis. They just, just pounded them back. And all the wives and all the girlfriends, they'd all go to the bars together. And the mom says, we had a grand time. And, you know, mm -hmm. even with the kids, you know, uh, they would go and like, uh, they would get a babysitter and like all the kids would go to one, somebody's house and they'd have one babysitter looking after all the kids. And then they would go to the bars and, you know, luckily none of them got in too much trouble in the bar and they'd go pick the kids up and go back home and everything like that. And, but my mom said she had a grand time. Um, sound like you know, I, I, I think it's a different era. I don't know. I don't think the players do that now. And, um, yeah. um, but, uh, you know, when you're in these small towns and a lot of the wives were, you know, at that time, it was a lot of the, the wives were Americans and the husbands were Canadian and the wives would, you know, kind of, of, uh, you know, kind of gravitate towards each other because they're right. Americans and, and all that, but um, mom had a, mom says she had a great time. She loved Kitchener, uh, Ontario. She had a great time mm -hmm. there. And and um, when she had to move from Hershey, when she when mom and dad got married, and then he got traded to Springfield, mom didn't like that too much the first time they got traded. No. she got used to it after that. Got used, yeah, used to it pretty yeah. quick. Hey, yeah, it'll be a quick study if you're a, yeah. a, a hockey wife. Absolutely. Yeah, you guys have anything Definitely. else? Uh, related to the, the the production stuff that you were curious? i was uh, i was going to ask about the uh, the grapevine episodes i mean you guys have have had that for so long yeah um, was there any uh is there any specific guest or episode that sticks out for you from over the years um we had a lot of funny things happen um um i should i won't say who it is but one guest um it was it was kind of a big deal back then when we did the show because you got to remember when we did the grapevine shows there was no TSN, there was no Sportsnet, there was mm -hmm. no, and there was only one hockey game in the middle of the week, and then there was one game at the, uh, on Saturday. They didn't do yeah. doubleheaders back then. So you really didn't get to see the athletes that much, right? Like, yeah, you know, you never really saw a lot of Dougie Gilmore or Wendell Clark or, or, or Guy or anybody like that, Guy Lafleur or anybody. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of a big deal to come on the show, and, and, um, and the players weren't, players now are really media savvy and back then they weren't right. They weren't right. too media savvy, especially sitting down and doing a, a television show. So one guy who was a retired player at the time, I won't mention his name because um, he was walking around with a, a, a coffee mug and I said, you need anything? No, no, I'm good. And I would always go over the questions with the guests because I know that, you know, I wanted them to tell stories and I didn't, you know, they're, they weren't, they weren't very good on TV, a lot of them. So I wanted to say, you know, what, what was your first hockey coach or what was your fondest memory of things? So I wanted them to think about it. Mm -hmm. So I would talk to the guests before and he's no, everything's good. And he's going around and he's drinking coffee and all that and gets on the, 
gets on the TV and, and gets on the set. We turn the lights on. The lights were very hot back then. They weren't like now. They were like, <laughs> he was like sitting in the sauna. And unbeknownst to me, the coffee mug was full of vodka. and he sitting under the hot lights he went from stone cold sober to unbelievably drunk in about four minutes (laughs) and in front of the guest live audience right we're sitting there we're watching and and he's starting to go he's starting to slur his words and my dad's looking and i'm thinking what is this guy like having a stroke or what and then you realize he's drunk and, um, oh, no. so we cut the cut the show we cut we cut the show short and and all that but uh that was kind of that was memorable and uh but we had a lot of a lot of memorable guests i think one of the ones that i really had a big thrill out of meeting was uh i met rocket richard that was a big thrill oh yeah cool um, i met um yeah. uh smoking joe frazier the boxer yeah. i'm a big oh, boxer wow. fan and uh uh watched that and uh it was funny just getting into that that uh, that was a big ufc of fight card on last saturday and yes and i just said dad you want to come over and watch he says no i can't watch that dad cannot watch ufc stuff he's yeah, my been dad in either. fights he's stuff but he says i i can't watch that and um so he saw the highlights of the the, the, the chinese girl get knocked out with the head yeah. kick and the guy breaks yeah. his leg. And, yeah i was just and, gonna say it's a good thing he missed it because oh my uh, god it was a gruesome one yeah yeah Ooh. i said yeah i said i don't know how you could watch that no <laughs> but, i yeah. can't nope. and it's way too late here in newfoundland by the time the main event comes on it's like 2 a.m yeah. i always just catch it the yeah. next day yeah <laughs> so uh but yeah we had a lot of, we had a lot of fun we did that for 13 years and uh, ralph mellenby who gave my dad his break in hockey he started that up and um you know we did that and then that turned into the uh, that turned into the bars like the real bar because the original yeah. ones were just a set and then we ended up getting real don cherry grapevine um uh, uh bars and mm-hmm. so uh but it was those were lots of fun uh, lots of work but lots of fun yeah, yeah. cool so I'm curious, Tim, where you stand on the whole, I mean, Rock'em Sock'em, the whole concept behind it, it was all hard hitting, fast paced fights and hits. And I mean, there was a lot made, there was, I mean, there's been a lot made in recent years about headshots and concussions and all that good stuff. So yeah. obviously the whole Rock'em Sock'em concept kind of falls on the other side of, of, yeah. of, the, of the, the, the old school violence in, in, yeah. in and around the hockey world. Like yeah. where do you sit with that now after all these years of, of, I mean, obviously there was player suicide and all these different things yeah. that happened from CTE. And um, I'm just curious your take on that. Yeah. You know, it, it's, you know, it's, I think it's better that they don't, you know, that, that, that it's calmed down. They don't have the headshots. And, yeah. you know, I, I, I've watched the progression of minor hockey in, in for the last 17 years. And, you know, when I first watched out, there was be every other game, there would be a fight. Um, mm-hmm. And now, uh, I think the last fight I saw in the GTHL, Max Domi was in it. So that tells you okay. how, how long ago it was. Good though. Um, and um, so I, I think it's better, like without that type of, you know, um, guy running and, and trying to hurt guys in the elbows and the headshots. And, yeah. uh, you know, but it's just, I think the whole thing was a progression of knowing and not knowing, you know, like, when I look at when my dad played in the in the 50s and 60s and even in the early 70s, again, you know, they never drank any water. 
um, you know, they, and, you know, everything that they were, you know, even their diets and stuff were completely different. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I just think as hockey got kind of more and more, um, you know, there was, they kind of realized, okay, the headshots are bad and there's going to be relation, there's going to be issues with it. There was a pretty short period of time where the hockey realized, okay, we got to do something about it till the time they did it. It really didn't take that long to do. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there were some things that that um, I, I guess I shouldn't have put in the Rock of Soccer, but the NHL, they had to okay everything. I had to send everything yeah, yeah, of course. That's right, yeah. It um, was just, it was a different era though. Yeah. You know, the, 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 hockey was different. The wasn't it, there to support it at the time either. No. Right? People didn't know about CTE or how, they didn't even really know how bad concussions were. Yeah. And I think oh. that, you know, there was, it, it was just the, you know, again, it was, it, again, you're right. It's just, it was a different world back then. And mm-hmm. I don't think, you know, they said, oh, you promoted it. And I said, well, you could say we promoted it or, or we kind of reflected of what the, what, what it was like back then. Um, yeah. Exactly. And it was happening regardless whether or not you made those videos. Yeah. Right? And, so, you know, yeah. And like or not, people the, wanted to see it. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. the problem. You know, that's the problem is that there, there still is, and, and, and I'm guilty of it myself. I'm, I'm, I'm all safety, pro, pro player safety, pro junior player, kids in particular. I'm all yeah. about it. But when it comes to a hockey game, I still can't help when the gloves come off. Love it. Yes. Get off. You know, like yeah. I just, I can't get away from that, and I'm, I, mm. I, I, I struggle with that a lot. So I'm at the same time like, does this really need to happen? But it, it gets the team going though. It, does. it, it has it, more it, of an effect than just a it does. Release. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and you know, I grew up with Dad in Boston. I mean, he had Terry O'Reilly, who yeah, and <laughs> and and, and uh, you know, John Wensink and Stan Jonathan and Wayne Cashman and Bobby Schmatz and and all those guys were tough and. Um, it was, and you know, like it was like when I watched, like back in the seventies, like there was a, there was a real different, like they would hit and there would be maybe be some more fights, but it really got, really got violent. It, I would say in the mid eighties oh, oh, was, yeah, sure. was the violence. And I think what happened was that was when the goons started coming in like dad, yeah. like dad's toughest guy was Terry O'Reilly. He had 90 points. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, Stan Jonathan had twenty six yeah. goals, and and Al Secord he scored ninety goals in two years for Chicago, yeah. and crazy, and and he and he still had seventeen fights I think in those two years, um, yeah. so and and those guys could all play, but then when you got into the eighties, that's when you started getting the guys that were playing five minutes and just there to fight, right, and um, and I think that was bad. And I think it took a while for the hockey to go, okay, we got to kind of get away from that. And, and they have, and, uh, yeah. and, you know, and, and I think that Gary Bettman, I know a lot of people don't like him, but I think he's done a great job in walking that okay. fine line of, you know, not, you know, still keeping the physical aspect. I mean, cause hockey's, you're going to get a lot of bad injuries um, in hockey because you're running into boards that are anchored in cement. You can't run out of bounds and, Blaze on your feet. Months. Yeah. And um, and I think he's done a great job of, of still trying to keep the intensity and the phys- you know, being physical and and not succumbing to you know too much of the social pressure of you gotta outlaw fighting and, and all this. And and you know, because there are a lot of people in the media, they want to see it basketball and ice. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Oh, thank you. 
No, it's, it, it, is, it, it is it is what separates our sport from every other sport for good or for, for better or for worse. It is what it is. And uh, I don't necessarily want to see it changed. Um, I, I do like the I do like the direction the NHL has headed. I think it's I think it's in the right direction for player safety at the end of the day. Yeah. It's more showcasing skill and whatnot now. Oh, they uh, they always make the regular season versus the playoffs like it's two different leagues. But yeah skill still outweighs i think uh, everything else this day and age oh yeah 100 percent. it's it's really interesting it'll be interesting to see this year's playoffs because i mean yeah i'm excited um, like i I, it's just i think not so much the canadian teams but the american teams i think they loaded up on size like tampa got bigger boston got a little bit bigger washington got bigger they all got bigger for the playoffs and uh yeah Yeah. so it'll be interesting to see how they call the how they call the playoffs this year because i Mm. i I think this year i don't know i'm just seeing a lot more phantom calls than you know it's it's really uh, bad reffing yes it's atrocious yeah and uh so uh but it'll be interesting this 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 playoffs will be i think a really interesting especially if toronto and uh Montreal get in the first round. I don't know. Did, they were one two one last I heard Montreal tonight. I had it on. I know. I don't know why it? it is now. No, I don't. They were off. winning when um when I jumped on here talking to you guys. I had it on. It was two to one. Um, it oh the final was two to one. So well, they yeah. did win. That's a big win yeah. for Montreal. It is. Yeah. yeah the one thing I'm hating about about and 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 the Canadian division is a prime example. When you look at the win records between, I mean, there's a fair separation in points between Montreal yeah. and Calgary right now. It's probably like eight points. I don't know, mm-hmm. but they've got the same amount of wins. You know, yeah. it's just yeah, this, this loser. This loser, loser point, point is is yeah. putting the Habs, which I think are not as good a team as the Flames. I think the Flames no. are actually the better team. They're mm-hmm. putting them ahead by a large margin, almost an uh, insurmountable yeah. at this point in the season. So. It's six. They have six mm-hmm. extra points from OT lows. Uh, well. Point. Yeah. OT losses, I should say. Yes. So Flames so got to, out, they to win out six games or uh, three games to, to make up the loser points that the Habs have acquired. Yeah. So yeah. I, I again, that's a topic. That. It's a topic for another day, but yeah. it's just a it's just an example of I've been talking about it for years. I hate the loser point. I don't think it belongs no, there. I keep you. telling myself though for this year, as long as there's hockey, that's all I care. Yeah. Well, Same. keep it coming because it's it's dismal and it's lonely. So Tim, you your know, favorite team happy. must be the Toronto Maple Leafs. Please be. Um, you know, like I, I gotta, <laughs> I gotta be honest. I, like because I'm out scouting, like I kind of root for players more than teams. Like I'd like to see the Leafs win, just for the tr- long-suffering Toronto fans. But yes, like Thank I, you. like I, I, I like watching Ryan O'Reilly the other day. Got a hat trick, and I remember yeah. watching him. So it's I, I kind of and and to be honest with you, when it's so much on the line when your family's involved and watching it it's like you know because I, I look at that game seven between dad and montreal and boston and montreal where oh, yeah. too many men in the ice like for me if we won that game my dad would have signed with the bruins and i would have stayed with my friends for another two or three years if we lost i was going to move and yeah. that was on, that was online mm. for me so to root yeah. for a team now it's kind of it's like playing hundred dollar ante poker to penny ante poker you know yeah that's right um so i'm more in like watching guys um that i've seen in in, um in the uh u16 and and seeing them make the national hockey league that's 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 what i that's what i go out and root for 
That's fair. Yeah, I can relate to that. I'm, I'm, I don't, I never did get a favorite NFL team. I figured Toronto would have had a team by now, and it's not happening. And I'm also a Jays fan, but I was a big Larry Walker and Gary Carter oh, fan, yeah. so I still had a soft spot for them. So I'm a big player yeah, fan of everything. Yeah, the one still. thing when you live in Boston, you're always a Red Sox fan, you're always a Patriots fan, you're always a Celtics fan, and you're always yeah. a fan. Yeah. 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 That's a, it's a hardcore uh, group down there. I know some fans down there and I know some fans from here that are the same way. They love all the Boston sports. Yeah. Mm. That's it. Good when you're in Newfoundland, you, you're either Leafs, Habs or Bruins. Bruins. <laughs> yeah. For the majority. Yeah. For the majority, there's obviously fans, or there's for every team, but that's the majority. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, uh, do you guys have anything else with regard to the produ- production side of things? Because I'm no, I'm all good. I got one last topic I want to talk about. Well, kind of this subtopics involved. I mean, we tried to. It's hard not to talk about your dad almost yeah. continuously when we're when we're chatting. But I did want to talk about the. Uh, um, basically the, uh, the incident where he was let go from, from hockey night in Canada. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's a hot topic. It has been, it, it's, that hasn't gone away. It still is. Um, yeah. it still is. Uh, I'm just curious yes. now from, from a family ripple effect, like how did that, how did that come about? Well, how did you find out and, and how did it all shake out on your guys end? Um, well, I remember it was strangest thing was my wife and I were that were watching the coach's corner the next day we were going down to uh, uh new york city and um when dad said it i turned to my wife and i said i think this is it i think this oh, is dad's done and i i just um i think there was probably a, a lot more behind the wheels turning behind it than the most mm-hmm. people would realize mm-hmm. and um you know, I, I just think it got to a point, you know, where that the way the social media is today and the way yeah. that some of the people are that that Hockey Night in Canada kind of got backed into, I would say they got back into the corner because I think if Scott Moore was there, that it wouldn't have happened. But I think that mm-hmm. that the guys that were running it at the time were a little bit more sensitive to that type of crit- criticism than the other uh, executive producers before then. And uh so I, I kind of had, when dad said it, I kind of had a feeling that, um, that this was the beginning of the end. Mm. And um, the strange thing was that uh, when we got, I got, I found out by a text on my phone, cause I, I had like a news feed and we were down, my wife and I were down at the reflecting pool at 9-11 um, in New York looking for, mm-hmm. Ace Bailey's uh, name on the thing because yeah. dad knew Ace Bailey and mm-hmm. wanted to put her poppy on East, on the Ace Bailey thing because that's what all the Canadians were doing that were down there. You couldn't believe on um, on that day all the poppies that were on the 9-11 uh, I bet. And thing. So, How and, symbolic. Um, so yeah. we uh, we got it that uh, Rogers uh, had, had fired dad. But I, we... I think I knew the day before you know, that was going to happen, but, mm-hmm. and again, just talking about the media and, and how things are different now that my daughter was in Spain uh, and she was, she was, she had a job in Spain and uh, we got the text that there was the news release that, that Don Cherry was fired and it couldn't have been 30 seconds later. She sent a text. She wow. said, is it true? Papa got fired. Oh, no way. So, you know, it's just how quickly stuff travels now. And yeah. I think that's part of the, you know, Definitely. part of the, 
the issue right now, right? There's this, there's this cancel culture that exists oh, now. Sure. Yeah. And mm -hmm. if you're anybody who has any sort of platform, it's like you're on this pedestal and you cannot do anything wrong. And if you do and piss off one small part of the population, even, even if it's not what you That's meant, right. yeah. yeah, they will just, they will, they're out with their pitchforks to cancel you. Yeah. Yeah. When they don't realize that there's there's people, these are real people with jobs, and this is their job and their life and their integrity, their and everything. And the odd the odd part is they're paid to give an opinion. Exactly. And you're, and uh, you're you're objectively choosing to listen to them. So that's, feel, that's the part that that my mind just can't wrap around. I can't. Well, even even with Dad doing like the fallen soldiers, uh, a lot of people would would write into CBC and complain. And, oh, yeah. uh, you know, they would, yeah, they, they said he was glorifying the militaristic culture of Canada and all that. You can't please everyone, though. See, there's no matter what you do, there's someone who's going to yes. have a problem with it. Yeah. So and that's it. I remember that's they kind of go ahead. They, they, they kind of the one guy came to my dad and kind of said, you know, we you know, do you think you might want to stop? And, you know, because we're kind of getting and dad says. Well, I'll stop, but I'm going to tell them that you told me to stop. <laughs> so, never mind. Go ahead, just keep doing it. Keep doing your thing. Yeah. And it wasn't um, it wasn't their first attempt to try to uh, push them out. No, yeah, it they, like they were. It's almost. They were. They're going to try to win at some point. Yeah, yeah they were looking yeah. for just something to to use, right? Yeah, and I I truly believe, and I say this with all humility, there'll never be a guy like my dad. No, because never. I don't think that the networks will make let him get they they'll, they won't let somebody get as popular as my dad no because it got it, it almost got too big yeah. and they, I don't they, think they created a monster monster they couldn't, <laughs> they, they couldn't control you know right yeah. and they they they'll never let they'll never get let somebody get that popular again no, no and that's which, which is unfortunate because i could we, never be the same for me uh, no I remember after the firing, somebody made a video. Um, I don't know if you guys seen it, but like he had a coach's corner like thing in his hand and he went out to his backyard. Everything was black and white, like the sad, sad songs were playing and he buried the coach's corner thing. <laughs> it was like, I was literally like tears in my eyes, right? Like, yeah. oh, it's an end of an era, you know? Yeah. And it is. Mm -hmm. And yeah. then and that was the thing I was going to say that I feel like most of the people that were kicking up a fuss about it were people who weren't fans of him, though, no. who had absolutely no. probably no idea who the man was or knew the name, but that was it. And they just said, okay, this is who we're going to cancel today. We have a cause. Let's go. Yeah, let's go. Right. And it's yeah. like they pick out things and it's yeah. just they, they pick someone and they say, okay, we don't like it. Let's cancel yeah. them or get them fired think, or whatever the case may be. Yes, I think I think my dad got out at the right time though. I agree. Yeah, you know, I feel like I, I think I think if it wasn't if it wasn't then it would have been by the end of the year. Yeah, it's it's changing so much. Yeah. Well, I mean, let's face it; it's not like he never had a good run. No, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I'm a firm believer that everything happens for a reason, and well, now we have the did. Grapevine podcast, and I'm a huge fan. Yeah, well, um, yes, so exactly. I'm, I like totally you know it's a bit more no holds barred you know there's no rules Just yeah he wants. can say what he wants it's his podcast yeah it's mm -hmm. probably what he needed all along <laughs> part of the charm that's why we listen yeah. um, back to the uh back to the firing issue and this is the only other question i really had curious about um right after the fact there was almost it was almost an immediate 
and I'm going to say it was both media and fan driven division put between yeah. Don and, and Ron. Yeah. And, uh, and I don't think there was any way either person could really escape it at that point. No. Um, there was some, there was some, uh, I think survivability that came into play for Ron, who still yeah. had to try to maintain his position in, in the system. But yeah. at the same time, he was unfortunately pinned against your father. Yeah. yeah. Am I, am I fair in saying that Tim? Yeah, I think so. I think that, um, I, I think that, um, Rogers, uh, I think they were, um, they weren't very fair to Ron, quite frankly. And I think they put him in a very awkward and a not very yeah. good mm -hmm. position and a no wins position, quite frankly. Yeah. And, uh, I, I don't think that, I think that they were, they were some, they were panicking and they were looking to Ron to kind of straighten it out. And they, they, they made, and many got, <clears throat> excuse me, in many ways, they made Ron the heavy and, yeah, uh, that's what I'm um, yeah, which that's is, way. which is, un, which is unfortunate. I mean, I think that, you know, from my perspective, there may be, Ron maybe could have said some things differently. Yeah. Um, that's a, but, um, you know, I, I always looked, I said, you know, the two guys said that, said to dad that made the decision, you know, they were nowhere to be seen, you know, like, yeah. you know, they should have maybe went on camera and said it and yeah. the pressure off of Ron, but 100%. You know, they, they yeah, they decided to be anonymous and, and, and let Ron do that, which I, I, um, which is, which is it, which was, which was tough. It, which yeah, is May I ask, are they like still friends or did that kind of end their, relationship or um they they've talked a few times since then um but not the same well you know the, really the dad and ron had a very strange relationship during the summer they never talked to each other they never They're just co-workers at the end of the day i guess close well, ones, yeah. I, I think part of the thing was they said they 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 realized that they had some chemistry and they wanted to keep it fresh and they felt if they were with each other all the time and they became buddy buddy then it was going to be it was true going to look a little rehearsed Forced. or whatever so Forced. and they did run in different circles and then dad and ron during the hockey um they would just usually talk um saturday morning uh, ron would call them before they and, would yeah before they go on mm -hmm. and that was about it so oh, it okay. wasn't like they hung around or went on vacation or anything like that together no um, so it's not um, like much has changed times yeah but it, you know it's dad and ron had been together for how many years 30 oh my God. or something like that it's 30 for sure and you know they fought a lot of wars together behind the scenes and um it's unfortunate that um it couldn't have ended uh better for them but again you know yeah. they they've still have they've talked since then but, okay it's good to hear yeah i just wish totally. he could have ended it um on his own terms you know like his the coach's corner thing you know he was but that's it things yeah. happen Dad likes going out in his shield sometimes, so maybe this wasn't. Yeah. This was I don't know, man. Way. I don't think there's any better way for Don Cherry to go down. But in, in, you know what? It's kind of it's kind of fire. ironic, I guess. <laughs> Never changed. He's, Never changed. Yeah, no. He's always so fired up and I don't know. Stuck true to himself his entire yeah. career, and is yeah. it? I, yeah. I, like I, me or well, love me or hate me. <laughs> well, I hated it. I absolutely appreciated it. I was like, yeah, you know yeah. what? This kind yeah. of makes sense. I kind of get it. And I, I really appreciated that he didn't come. Oh, sorry, my camera died, but I'm still here. I really appreciated that he 
didn't go on and make some fake apology, you know, yeah, that he, right. yeah, he stuck true, true to genuine. who he was and he, um, yeah, just stayed yeah. himself. And like I said, it's genuine himself for sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, I knew that dad, I mean, I knew dad wasn't going to go on and read a pre-scripted no. apology. No. I mean, he, that's not going to be. And when people get into that, you could see they're basically reading you know, exactly. I know that one girl got in trouble on CTV. She said something about it. And I was going to bring that up, actually. Oh, I know that. Yeah, that, she got that really apologize. pissed me off, too. But it's like a double standard. But yeah, yeah. but when I, I, I kind of when I actually when somebody pointed out and I watched it, I kind of laughed at what she said. It's oh, somebody got broken heart by a hockey player. And, I know, yeah. right? That's what I said, too. I was like, <laughs> I watched it with my wife and she's a fan of the show. And I was like, I can't do this ever again. No, yeah. I, I said, I, was, I said, next summer in Toronto, I said, I'll go to that show with you. And I sit there and I'm like, that's that offers off the table. No, well, <laughs> I mean, you know, and and like, I don't, you know, I didn't want to see her fight or anything like that. But, no. you know, no. she read that. She read that. I did. Like okay. that, that fake. Apology. I might have had that hashtag going there too. <laughs> oh man, I was running. I, I was so in a position to get her back, like it did for Don. I can tell you. Yeah, that. I, w- I was having a bad week. I'm sorry, guys. I was having a bad week, and I yeah. was like, "No, this girl got to go too." Yeah, if he's got, so is she. Yeah, that's oh, I Yeah, that's anyway. There's cancel culture for you. Yeah, but yeah. but you know, as again, she went on and just kind of read like a scripted an apology. apology and that yep. was something i know dad would never do no no and i'm glad he didn't no absolutely but guys i don't want to take up too much more of tim's time did you guys have anything no. else you wanted to get in i was saying it's good to no. see that we have a another charity to keep the productions coming is that right yeah i'm working on a couple of projects not hockey related but uh no. you know just um working on that and then uh Waiting for minor hockey to get back next year and go back scouting and have dad and I go out again and, um, and still do the, you know, do the podcast. It's a lot of fun that, uh, you know, we do the podcasts and, and the production value is not great. Sometimes we do it in my kitchen and, uh, oh, yeah. and then we have, well, then we have, right then we have lunch after, right? <laughs> mine's right there. there. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's uh, what podcasting is all about. Right. Exactly. So, uh, yeah. so it's a lot of fun and, um, and, uh, you know, we'll just keep it up. Dad's got lots of stories, so it's not like he's yeah, going to right. right. And he's going to pass the torch there. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, thanks well, for I, coming on. I, I, I have, I have yeah. nothing else. Yeah. I guess I'll do my, oh, well, one last thing, one last question. Yeah. So, again, we've been into the podcasting only. I mean, we're fresh out of the gate here. This is episode, what, 14? We've never done this before. We started in yeah. January. Uh, been in and around this kind of stuff my whole life, but never this out there. Uh, we've been getting a lot of great feedback. I'm wondering, do you have any advice for, for people like us just starting out, getting into the whole... Um, I, I just find that, uh, you know, you got to keep putting content out, right? That yeah. that's, that's the main thing, is, is putting content out. Um, you know, we, we were doing it twice a week, uh, for a while, but I, I just thought that that was a little much. Um, so yeah. we were going once, but, uh, talking to the people, it's just, it's content, 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 right? Yeah. Putting it yeah. Out. Don't let them forget. Yeah. 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 And I, and, um, you know, keeping up with, you know, I think the more, you know, the more content you put out in the week, the more you can talk about, um, stuff that's up to date. Current you know, events. Current yeah. Current events. Cause when, yeah. when dad and I and Cindy, when we talk, on Saturday, on Sunday, we got to keep in mind that a lot of people aren't going to listen to this till Wednesday or Thursday, and Montreal might be out of the playoffs by the time we're talking about yeah. it or, or whatever. Yeah. So we got to we got to kind of keep a, an eye on that. And um, I just think the main thing: have fun with it, right? 
that's that's yeah. you know and i think that's that's the, that's the the one i think that you know even if we didn't have any listeners i still think we would do it because we just have one sitting around and talking that's about us. all the old stories and then yeah, having, get it. having lunch after yeah yeah, yeah that's well, actually the feedback it's... we've gotten people like that is just it's not we don't do scripted we, we mean we prepare but we don't right. do scripted podcasts we we get on and we meet with a person and we kind of pick their brain and it's yeah. very casual for us so uh we really enjoy that aspect of it anyway we 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 would we, the reason we started the podcast is we were basically doing one for the last five years anyway and not recording it right <laughs> yeah uh, this is not a big uh, big adjustment <clears throat> for us but no i guess i'll uh, i'll close the show out um obviously i've been a fan of your dad's for decades um in doing in, in being a fan of your dad's i and watching so much of his content that he put it on the weekly um i felt kind of felt like i knew him anyway i kind of still feel like i do it's almost like I've, yeah. I've got a connection uh and in in knowing about your dad and in learning about yourself uh mm -hmm. you were always tops on on one of those people i'd love to get a chance to to chat with uh yeah i just didn't know a lot about you other than the fact that you were don's son you had a history in production and both things mm -hmm. i found i find incredibly interesting um so it's great to get you on and and learn a little bit about you know growing up cherry was uh, is, is something that i think is a book that you need to you need to get on yeah, <laughs> yeah. that'd be a good idea yeah, yeah. Hey, listen well i mean Part he didn't three. get a chance to produce the because this would have been a bestseller had he produced the uh the photo booklet of uh the brownie camera from uh his days <laughs> yeah. at, you know, know. Like, there's your missed right? opportunity number one so yeah. opportunity number two. yep it's knocking Right about uh, but no, we, we really appreciate you, Tim, making the time uh, to come on, talk to a few nobodies yeah. about uh, about our passion. No, no, I appreciate it. Thanks. It's uh, it was lots of fun. Uh, we really Thank appreciate you for having coming. you. Thanks so much, man. Hopefully, okay. we'll see you again. Thanks, okay. Yeah. Good luck. Take everybody. care. Okay. Thanks. Bye. Okay. Bye. 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 Uh, we just finished up episode fourteen. Uh, a lot more stories than even I was expecting. I was uh, I was excited yeah, to meet same. Tim quality guy absolutely quality oh, great guy, guy. Mm -hmm. i feel like i've known him my life so yeah uh, just like his dad <laughs> right like i grew up watching him on tv and i feel like i knew him all the pieces just a little like bit him. more fine grit yeah. yeah i think tim's got a little bit more of the um filtered self-control because we, we, any, yeah. uh, and i don't think that's no knock on tim i just think that there's no one like don cherry in the world so um and that's why we love Don. So, yeah, um, this guy exactly. had him for a dad. Only be, yeah, and only be a dream to hopefully get him on someday. Yeah, I whew, imagine. Anyway, well, ball is in your court, Don. Keep reaching. The ball Keep is in your going. court. <laughs> oh, I'd love to have Don. But anyway, um, nope, that's uh, that's Deke Snipe Silly, episode 14 in the books. Uh, so, as we mentioned earlier on, uh, big shout out to our, our brand new sponsor, uh, PHG Sports. Out of, out of Ontario. We're going to have lots more coming on those guys soon, but uh, really happy to have you on board. Thank you very much, sir. All the great more sports mobility. See you at Costco, the road show. Yep, absolutely. When this COVID is over, get back to buying your merch. Um, yep. No big shout out for PHG. I'll run their website right there. Should be popping up. And uh, but other than that, guys, check out their website. Uh, if you want more content from us, we got some great stuff coming. Uh, we're trying to think outside the box guests that you just don't see anywhere else. And uh, we've been really lucky so far to be able to nab some of the people we've been targeting. Um, some more great people coming. And uh, I'm really excited. I can't wait to tell you guys. So, um, But yeah, uh, if you like what you've it's seen here tonight. Secret. It's a secret. Uh, don't forget to uh, check us out on Facebook. 
facebook.com slash deeksnipeselly. Follow us on Twitter. Twitter account is, uh, is on the climb. It's new, but it's on the climb. It's at Selly Deke. And, mm-hmm. uh, of course, uh, you're probably watching us now on YouTube. So uh, make sure to click that subscribe button there to... Uh, no, no, no. Two years. Also available there you go, there you on go. Spotify, Apple Music, and the other podcast streaming yeah. platforms. Absolutely. It's somewhere. It's, it's if you're if you're looking for us, all you gotta do is search Deke Snipe Selling. So all right, guys, yeah. like I said, click that subscribe button. We'll see you next time. Cheers. Cheers. Deke Snipe Selling.